Just wanted to welcome you to uh, Transform Church today as one wise man goes down, um, but that's okay. And wanted to thank you all for coming out to uh, have this opportunity to worship together. And uh, certainly in this Christmas season, there's a lot that we could talk about. There's a lot that's going on, and we've been in a series called What Matters Most?, And so we've been talking about some of the things in our culture that really don't matter most when you look at especially the Christmas story. And so today I want to go back to Luke chapter uh, 2. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to be in just a moment. And I wanted us to, uh, Zach, you may need to mute your mic. I'm just going to tell you that. we, uh, but we want to we wanna talk about something that we first read about last week. We first read about it last week when we talked about the story of Mary and the shepherds. And I wanted you to see this one more time, Luke chapter 2, when it talks about the shepherds that come, and then here's what begins Oops, to happen. Sorry. Okay. He's shaking. Okay. Um, And uh, verse 19 of Luke chapter 2 says this. It says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. In other words, she was specifically thinking and meditating on the birth of her son that would go on to be the savior of the world. Such a significant passage and such an important thing. And I think with practical application for us. Because the truth is, over time, it seems that sometimes we may lose the wonder. We may lose the joy. And some of the stories in the Bible may become rather stale. Not because they are stale, but because of the lack of faith and the lack of wonder and awe in our own hearts. And, I, you know, Mallory and I have been talking a lot this Christmas season. And one of the things that we've talked about is just how every single year we've grown up in Christian families. We've grown up in the church. We've been taught the Christmas story for years. But the truth is, if we're honest with ourselves, and we want to be honest with you guys too, the Christmas story has kind of become stale in our own hearts because of a lack of faith in our own hearts, a lack of trust in our own hearts. And so one of the things, though, that God's done in both of our lives, because we've been talking about it a lot this season, is thinking about how Mary was meditating on the things of her son, her son Jesus. We should be doing the same thing. We should be growing in our wonder, growing in our awe of who Jesus is and what he's really all about. And so today is not going to be a normal sermon or message or something like that. But I wanted to ask Mallory, since we've been having so many conversations about this, I wanted to ask her to come up here and for us to be able to share together what we've been learning about the Christmas story this year. Some key things as we've been studying God's word and going below the surface And so the biggest thing today that I hope anybody that's watching this, anybody that's in the room, the biggest takeaway is this. It's not our lessons that we've learned, but ultimately it's that we want in every season of our lives to be growing in our relationship with Christ. 
always learning new things, always going deeper and deeper in our faith. And so there are four things that we want to share about today. But before we do that, I just want us to talk about Christmas a little bit. I mean, we just got, we just got out of it. And so here, I'm going to turn your mic on. Um, but uh, we got some questions that we're going to ask each other. And so, uh, Mallory, you can start uh, asking some of these questions to each other. We just want to share a little bit about Christmas. Okay. What was your favorite Christmas gift ever, like in your whole life? Okay. Okay. So, I'm going to tell you the gift that I was the most excited about (laughs) in my life. I was um, probably eight or nine years old, and... um, this is when CDs had just come out, compact discs, and they were the thing. I mean, they, everybody was playing CDs. This was a massive revolution in the music industry, and I love music. And so, uh, anyways, I, my parents had told me, Josh, I'm sorry, but you're not old enough. You're not going to get a CD player, and I was super bummed and everything, and then they surprised me with one. And I mean, I went nuts over this thing. I went crazy. I jumped up and down. I was screaming about for an hour and everything. And so that was probably my favorite gift ever. Now, we had an amazing Christmas this year with our family. And uh, so, Mallory, why don't you share what was your favorite moment from this Christmas weekend? I think something similar to your reaction. This year we got to surprise our kids that way. They thought they had really no presents under the tree, but really we had taken a dishwasher box (laughs) and wrapped it in Disney paper and stuffed it with balloons and surprised Jake and James with a trip to Disney World, and they went crazy. And I think Jake, similarly to you, was beating the box (laughs) and screaming and was so excited. And so that was so much fun to get to surprise them. It was. It was. I'm I'm really excited about being able to share that, share that trip with them. Uh, Okay, so what was your least favorite moment, though, from the Christmas season? Your least favorite moment? Anything that you didn't like? I think I liked everything. Did you like everything? Okay. Yeah, I did. It was all good. Nothing was burned. Nothing was cooked wrong. Nope. It wasn't perfect, y'all. No, okay. It wasn't, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't uh, perfect. I don't expect it to be perfect. I but, I tried to pace myself this yeah. year so I wasn't so stressed out. So I think it was good yep. overall. Yeah. All right. What about you? What was your least favorite moment from the Christmas season? Mm, least favorite moment from the Christmas season? I think just when it ended, you know, honestly. I mean, I just wanted it to continue. And I think we have a great family. We're super blessed. And so I think just the time with them was super special. And um, so just very, very grateful. Now, uh, yeah, so uh, you want to ask me a question here? All right. What is your favorite Christmas song? Favorite Christmas song. Okay. I would have to, other than Christmas shoes, oh. right? The song, other than Christmas no, shoes. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm getting booze, audible booze here today. <laughs> wow, Grinches. Um, no, I think one of my favorite Christmas songs is um, Joy to the World. Me too. And uh, so I, I really love that. that one. So that's good. I like it. Hey, um, so yeah, so um, what is your favorite Christmas 
Hallmark movie, okay? Because <laughs> I had to make sure that we got that extra, you know, identifier as a Hallmark movie. Yes. Shout out to my mom out here. Yes. We're Hallmark movie lovers. Always have been. At Christmas, really only. And I would have to say, I looked and looked for it this year to record on DVR, and it never came on. But my favorite one of all time is one called Snow Bride. And it sounds very typical of the Hallmark Channel, and it is, but it is great. Small town <laughs> romance, I'm sure, and everything ends up good at the end when you don't think it's going to. Right. Okay, my favorite movie, I don't have any favorite Christmas Hallmark movies, but my favorite movie is probably Home Alone. Right, kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah right, boys. I one. know it. I know it. That's a good one. That's a good one. Well, let's jump in. We want to share today four things that we've been learning over the Christmas season. Four things that we've been learning over the Christmas season. And Mallory, one of the first things actually has to do with what we have right here, the nativity set. And so what are some things that we've been learning uh, just about as you think about the nativity and this, this object that we have in our homes? Uh, what's one thing you've been learning about that? Um, yeah, so I was sharing with Josh um, this season as we pulled this nativity out with all of our Christmas decorations. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with doing that. I was just telling him, I said, you know, this year I've really been thinking a lot about the nativity as I pulled it out. I've been blessed, like you said, to grow up in a home and in church where I always knew the nativity story. I'd heard it so many times almost that it just seemed like common, you know, like I didn't really question it. I knew that the angel came, told Mary she was having baby Jesus and all the whole story, you know, this, the nativity. And um, it just didn't seem like very uncommon to me and very significant. And so I told Josh, it's almost like as we read books when we were kids, and I still read books to our boys today, the pictures of the, the, the stories that we tell, they're idyllic. They're almost romanticized. They're like this perfect Little figures are sitting in this perfect little stable. The animals are quiet, sitting around. The baby's perfectly laying in a, in a manger where animals ate. But it doesn't seem strange to us because we've heard it so many times. And we read these things to our kids, and we see these pictures, and we see them set up in people's yards, and we sit them out at Christmas time. And so I told Josh, you know, somewhere along the line, I forgot how significant the story was and really simple that it was but I just it's just something that I've never really questioned because I've heard it so many times and so in that I really started to think about it and I was studying about it for something I was teaching on and something that Zach sang last week actually it wasn't the traditional silent night song but I told Josh it had phrase in it about how it was a silent night and I started thinking about that and I said you know it's interesting because it was silent. It was a very silent night. It was a very simple night when Jesus was born, not what you would expect. And coming through the pandemic, I think we all can relate to the fact that silence is seen as like a bad thing. You know, like we're, we don't want to be alone. We don't want to be in our house alone. Or when I send a text message, people would really say this more about me than me about them. But when I send a text message, I expect an instant reply. I don't want to wait in silence over your answer. Or on social media, I don't want to sit in silence over your response, you know. We're very much about an instant gratification in our society now. Things are so instantaneous that we forget that a lot of the things in this story 
And really stories all throughout the Bible, like the Lord used silence and he used waiting for like a really great purpose. And so I think that we think, oh, silence is a bad thing or simple is a bad thing, but it's, it's not. The Lord chose to use Mary and Joseph, who were incredibly simple people, and to use that for a great, great purpose. And then the night he was born, I told Josh, he would think it would be like this magnificent thing where like people are singing him into the world and they're waiting around the stable for him to come. But there were no people. There weren't, there was none of that. And so the people that he chose to use were the shepherds over there who were also simple and low on the social totem pole. You know, that's who he sent. And I think he was making a point with that. And then I think Josh is going to talk about these guys right here who really probably aren't supposed to be in our nativities, but he can, you know, talk more about that. So. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 think, I think, you know, just uh, about the wise men, that has really captured my attention this Christmas season. And so I would say, I, I would put it this way, my lesson was God's providence in the story of the wise men. God's providence in the story of the wise men. Uh, one of the things that I learned was the wise men, ultimately, their title was the magi. They were like the magicians of the day, basically. And one of the things that they were skilled in was astrology. And so they could look to the stars and be able to read that for the people. They could interpret dreams, and we see that happen in Scripture even. And so we see that when we get to the Christmas story... The amazing thing is that God uses the star to point them to where they need to go. In other words, they would have been skilled in looking at stars already. And yet God used what they knew to be able to direct them to him. And I think that was such a significant lesson for us to learn that you know, when you see it on the surface, you're like, oh, yeah, they were led by the star and they went, you know, to Bethlehem and, uh, you know, they, they saw Jesus. But I think it's significant. also think it was significant that God's providence in, in, in their life, he also gave them incredible discernment. Discernment with Herod to realize, hey, uh, Herod sent us out to go here, but we're not going to report back to him. We're not going to go back to him. We're not going to tell him where Jesus is because something nefarious is going on. They were able to discern that and read between the lines. I don't think that was an accident. I don't think it was coincidence. I think that God providentially put that in their path. The other thing was they brought gifts, right? And so we talked about in our series how those gifts may have been used for Mary and Joseph as they fled to Egypt, right after the birth. And so when they had to flee Egypt, they did not expect to have this journey. And certainly they had costs associated with that journey. And so they had these gifts to be able to help them potentially, potentially, right? God's providence to go before them and to always prepare the way. And so one of the things that, that I've been learning and, and we've been talking about a lot it's just God's providence in the story of the wise men. And so I've really, really honed in there. But Mallory, uh, she hosts a podcast for a ministry called Love Worth Finding uh, here in Memphis, Tennessee. And she has a special ministry to moms specifically called Faithful 31 Moms. And, and just a few days ago, a few weeks ago, she uh, put out an episode on the life of Mary. 
And uh, for this, she really spent a lot of time studying and, and thinking about the story of Mary. And so uh, share with us a little bit about what you've been learning uh, about Mary. All right. Well, I have to say the first Christmas where the story of Mary specifically was really just significant to me was when I had Jake, um, 2013, because I realized that verse where it talks about how she pondered those things in her heart and she treasured them up. I realized for the first time what that really meant, you know, as a mom. And so I have to say that's the first year that the story of Mary really kind of came alive to me. She was more than just the little figure, you know, of Jesus's mom. But as I've studied her even more this year, I think I've come to really just respect and um, look up to the woman of like faithfulness that she that she is and that she was and so I thought a lot about this I was actually sharing this with my sister and my mom recently but whenever the angel Gabriel came to Mary you know I think we think about angels as being like on top of a Christmas tree and they're like nice looking you know fancy they're smiling but in the Bible it seems like angels must have actually been a very scary thing because the angel has to quickly tell Mary, like, fear not, like, it's okay, I'm here, but I'm not here to scare you. I'm here with good news for you that you're favored from the Lord. And so we quickly see that Mary, like, she, you know, she trusts, she calms down, she's already trusting in that. And he tells her this news that she's going to have baby Jesus. She is a, I mean, think about this. This woman is a, probably a young teenager. She is a virgin. She has never been married. The news that she's receiving in its, it would be shocking. And I just thought about how, um, she didn't, she didn't have like just an instant Yes, you know, she had a question. She said, how is this possible? Because I think I would have many more questions than that, but that's the one that we get that she asked. And I think that's a fair question, you know? I think that she had questions. She's human. And, but at the same time, the angel explains it to her that she's going to get to have the Son of God. And yes, it might ruin her marriage to come. She's engaged to Joseph. And yes, it might ruin her socially, but she doesn't care. She knows that she would rather follow God than please people, right? And so I thought about how faithful she really was and that she said, okay, I'm your servant. I'll do whatever it is that you want me to do. And so she accepts that news and she gets excited about it. You know, she wants to follow whatever the, the Lord has for her. And so I thought about, I told Josh, I said, even Joseph did this too. But, of course, I was just thinking and studying about Mary. And it doesn't stop there. Josh shared in one of his sermons the other week, you know, she's extremely pregnant. And she has to make this journey to Bethlehem. <laughs> I cannot imagine that. She had to probably walk. There was no cars or anything like that. And then she gets there, and she has to have a baby in a stable with dirty animals and her husband is the only one there and there's no woman to help her deliver the baby she's newly married to this man that she barely knows I mean think about that that would be hard that would be crazy and so she here she is trusting again and she's being faithful again and so one thing that I guess I never thought about because we always read the nativity stories, and once baby Jesus is born, and the shepherds come, and the wise men come, the story's over, you know. But Mary didn't stop with that. Mary 
um, had to continue to be Jesus's mom. She had to, she raised him, her and Joseph did, and she had to leave the only home she had ever known. She had to leave Egypt. That would be a question. Why do I have to leave, you know? Or she, I told Josh later on, whenever Jesus grows up, it was probably a hit. Back then, you would just kind of take on the family business, and they were wondering where Jesus was one day, the little kid, and they find him in the temple. And they, they're like, where were you? And he's like, I got to be about my father's business. And he's not talking about Joseph's business, carpentry. He's talking about God the Father. And, you know, just all these things that she probably wondered, like, how long is he going to be here for? I know he's here for a reason. And I told Josh, like, one of the most, like, just heavy things I thought about as a mom is she was sitting at the foot of the cross watching him die on the cross like as his mother I mean that would be really really hard as a mom and so you know I just see her continued like faithfulness and her trust in the Lord even through all these many, many episodes that we actually get in her life that I think that we forget about because we only think about her as sitting in the nativity scene, you know, on our shelf at Christmas. So that's just something to think about in the life of Mary and how incredibly faithful and really trusting she really was in the Lord. So, Absolutely. And uh, I think it's so significant to think about, like you said, also the faithfulness of Joseph, right? Yeah. And uh, certainly he was a man that uh, was faithful to the Lord and did trust the Lord. Now, he didn't have the heavy lifting of birthing the baby to the world. And so certainly there's that. But uh, at the same time, uh, we have to mention him. I think the last lesson that we wanted to mention today Uh, I've really been thinking about the shepherds. I think there's maybe one shepherd over there somewhere. Hopefully he didn't fall down. But uh, I was just thinking about the passionate lifestyle of the shepherds. I mean, I think about it. I would say that the life of a shepherd was pretty mundane, was pretty normal, was pretty uh, unextraordinary, right? It was pretty just incredibly normal. The same thing every day. You get up, you do this, you go to sleep, you do the same thing the next day. And yet, they were captivated by the message from the angels that Jesus had been born. And really, the the shepherds are the first evangelists that are mentioned in the New Testament about the birth of Jesus. And they're going out and they're, they're telling people, hey, listen, we just heard this message. You got to hear this message. These were people who probably did not have public speaking degrees. No. They, they, did, they were not used to being the newsmen in the town. They were just used to doing their normal, smelly jobs. And yet they became God's mouthpiece to the world in an amazing way. And so I just love that because I love to see that they got the message and they immediately believed the message and shared the message. And I just thought about, man, that's what we should do. And I think that's what Mallory and I have been learning a lot about over the past year and a half of church planting. You know, we had done uh, church ministry 
And certainly we had shared the gospel with people. We have invested our lives into the lives of other people. But really over this last year and a half, God has really like stretched us even further and grown us even more in going out and living every single day on mission for him. And so whether it's our neighbors, who we've talked to many times, whether it is people here at the YMCA, whether it's people that we meet just in a chance encounter somewhere, whether it's friends of ours, whether it's fan, whoever it is, we want to be able to share the message. And one of the reasons why is because we have this amazing example in scripture of these shepherds who dropped everything they were doing because they heard the message of Jesus and they believed the message of Jesus and they could not keep it to themselves. They had to share it with other people. And I just think with an example like that in scripture, I mean, that's just more than just saying, hey, man, an angel appeared to shepherds and they went to see the the baby and they bowed down. When you really begin to get into the minute details of scripture and like we've done, begin to unearth some of the smaller or lesser known things in the Christmas story, I'm telling you, you see the incredible value in the depth of God's word and in the truth of the story of his birth. Now, we could do that with all the passages in scripture, right? But every single year, we come back to the Christmas story. And so what, what we're saying today is, we really believe that the Lord has called us for those areas in our life, whether it's the Easter story, whether it's a Good Friday story, whether it's a Christmas story, whatever story it may be, that we want to make sure that we are constantly growing in our understanding and our learning of what actually happened. Because if we do that, just like we've said today, that has to translate into action. It has to. There has to be some sort of application to that. We can't just sit and say, okay, we have more knowledge. We know more background about the wise men. We know more about the story of Mary. We've considered all the decisions that came her way, all the sacrifice that she had to make, all the faithfulness that she showed. We just don't want to be filled up with knowledge. We want to actually go out and live differently as a result. And so I think this Christmas season has been so good for us and so healthy in the way of saying, listen, if any of the Bible is stale in our lives, which we get, we understand, we need to recommit ourselves to really going below the surface so that we can understand God's word and then go out and apply it on his mission. 